options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by the Sensory Learning Center with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's a great show today because we have one of my best friends that I consider um, one of my best friends on the show today. He is an amazing man. His name is Rob Oker, and he's a family dynamics consultant. And let me tell you, you're in for a treat. I, I, I love the way this man speaks so much that I've asked him to, be, um, to do a monthly show for our show, and we're going to kind of kick it off today. And with the subject of our children are not broke, let's empower them instead of trying to fix them. Rob is known for his very enthusiastic, extremely educational, and always entertaining presentations to audiences of all ages. He's an educator. His passion and his life purpose have really been to guide, inspire, motivate, and empower youth of all ages. And let me tell you, he does a wonderful job at this. Rob lives in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, with his wife and his daughter, where he is a middle school guidance counselor for the Lake Geneva School District. Um, let me tell you a story about the show today because I um, there is some background to it. Months ago, I did a radio show with the very wonderful Barbara Doyle, and Barbara gave me a really different outlook and attitude about autism and those with disabilities that we call disabilities instead of abilities. And she did a fabulous show that really changed me. I left the show kind of thinking, you know, my son isn't broken. We're the ones that are broken. And I started to share this theory with with people that I'd met, and I was met with so much resistance. People found it to be really hypocritical that I would say that they're not broken, but my husband and I run a medical practice in which we're trying to fix them. So here's the message I want to first give out to you all. Our practice takes away the pain. It opens the mind. It clears the toxins. However, no matter what child comes into our office, a child with Down syndrome, asthma, ADD, or rare disorders, or no matter what adult comes into our office with depression, Alzheimer's, cancer, or even thyroid abnormalities, everyone has stuff. And what is this stuff? The stuff is this bad, I hate to say it, but crap that our system of medicine, our food, our environment has really stressed our bodies with. So here we have our helpless children screaming out to us, help me and heal me by healing our world. And if I may be so bold as to say, what I think that they're saying is, your generation did this to us. You're the ones that are broken. The person who decided to put mercury in my vaccine, they're broken. I'm just a messenger. And so I have asked the wonderful Rob Oker, who is an amazing educator, to convey this message for all of you today. Rob, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, it's wonderful to have a conversation about this because there are a lot of people out there probably listening to the show right now saying yes, 
you know, I, I, I do feel the frustration of what's going on with what's happening with our children, what's happening with the families, what's happening with our society, what's happening with our planet Earth. So hopefully we can have a little conversation, a dialogue about that today. And, you know, and there's not any quick answer or any fix to any of this, but I think the dialogue is very healthy because we have to find ways to help our children because that is the future, Betsy. Yeah. And so today in my mission is really to educate families and adults on natural and chemical-free ways to build their frequency. And, you know, you talked about that stuff. That stuff is the frequency out there that is going to come to us regardless of, of what's happening. But we have to be able to build our own frequency to be able to be resilient and handle those changes. So I want to kind of start off, Betsy, with a personal story. You know, as a guidance counselor in, in the schools, I see a lot of kids. The last 15 years, I've seen all t- types and kinds of kids. Well, you know, preparing for this show, I thought about this one young man who was about 14 years of age, came to my office, and he was hurting. You could just see his pain and feel his pain. I saw that in his confusion, and I knew he needed to talk. I looked at his brilliance, and I wanted to shift it not only about the pain, but what brilliance this kid brought to me in our conversation. And I asked him, what's happening in your heart? And he looked at me and said, Mr. Oker, you know what? I'm not broken. Why is everyone trying to fix me? Can you just listen to me? And, you know, my my heart just sank. And, and I said to him, and I said, you know, you are confused and hurt, and you're a brilliant young man. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Not being listened to. Isn't that a big piece of what it's about? And, and, so, and so that dialogue, bro, you know, got me to think about the title of this show and, and the awareness of that. And that's what I want to talk about. There, you know, there is a shift of consciousness and a shift of parenting going on with, um, you know, with our parents, with our educational systems, with our, our systems all around society. You know, today's world, we face more challenges than we did 20 years ago. Parents are increasingly concerned about the difficulties that their children have to face. You see them in your office. I see them in the schools. You know, we're unsure the best way to advocate for our kids, whether it's in the school system or searching for alternatives, whether it's medication, whether it's another way. We're looking for tools to strengthen and empower our children. So what I really focus on is how can we empower our children? How can we empower our kids? And what does empowering really mean? So tell me, I, I, I just like to listen to you, Rob. I'm not going to talk much <laughs> because I learn so much every time I listen to you. So you just go right at it. Tell All me right. how to empower them. Well, empowering is a huge concept, and it's a big buzzword out there. But, I mean, if you really break it down, is empowering your child is to strengthen your child's character. I mean, our kids' character is, is so important and, and, and the essence and the authenticity of who they are. Instead of weakening and controlling that that essence, we need to strengthen that character. We need to teach responsibility rather than dependence, and we need to act and be an ally for that world that's know that that child's not facing it alone. And when we do those things, we are really empowering our kids, and we're giving them the skills to say, I can make it in this world. I can make choices to fix these things that are going on in my life. Well, you know, a lot of people are going to argue the fact that when you have a child that's nonverbal, you know, how much power, how much empowerment can you give them? There's a lot you can give them. I mean, the, <clears throat> we're going to get into the whole communication part. You know, we talked about the awareness of what's going on with these kids, and I like to use the acronym ACT, A-C-T. You know, we've got the awareness. Shift your awareness from broken to brilliant. Shift your awareness from seeing these kids as um, 
disabled as a different ability, okay? We talked about that, but, this, but the C part is what you're talking about, um, is uh, communication. You know, how can we communicate with these kids in a way that we can empower them? You know, and communication is huge. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. The outcome of communication tells us how things are going. And let's take that kid that really can't verbalize things. They listen to our intentions and intent more than our words. I use a lot of different mediums to get that across, but it, it really, kids are reading our heart space. Kids are reading our integrity. Kids are reading our character. And from that reading, they're trying to find out how they can trust and who they can trust in the world and how they can use that to empower other people. Important, and I don't want to take you off track at all. And I'm sorry to kind of make you jump ahead. I just, you know, I I always think whenever I hear and I'm listening to someone talk about all these ways of empowering our children, I I, I feel like I'm kind of the odd man out, you know, with not having as much, as many verbal qualities as I would like in my child. Um, it's just good to know that that's something that that we can address. But please continue on to where you were before. Okay, and we'll get into. I'm going to give you. Um, I love giving people tools and tips and techniques that they can use. Because a lot of times we hear these shows and we're going, okay, well, how can I apply that right exactly. now? And so I'm t saying to you at the end, I'm going to give you five practical, powerful parenting tips that you can do to help communicate and empower your children and work within the family. I can't wait. I and, will use them. And then throughout the whole the whole series of shows um, that we're going to be doing, I'm going to really stress on doing that because, you know, working with these kids and getting their stories and listening to their stories, I want to give parents ways to help communicate and understand and listen to them. And I'm, ways that I'm finding that are working within the, in the schools, that are working with the families and listening to the kids. So hopefully I can be that bridge builder to make that happen. You always have for me before, Rob, so please, you're, you just... Do do your stuff. So. And we got and we got to keep it we got to keep it simple enough, you know. Um, you know, we talk to, about empowering. You know, Dr. James Dobson, you know, he does some great jobs in keeping it simple. But he he had something that I use a lot with my presentations for the path to empowerment. You know, he states we must easily just train, shape, mold, correct, guide, punish, reward, instruct, warn, teach and above all, love our kids during the formative years. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's simple enough there. Train, shape, mold, correct, guide, punish, reward, instruct, warn, teach, and above all, love our kids. And above all, love is the big message. I know mm -hmm. that when Dr. Jean Nathan was on, he's going to be at the Autism One Conference for everybody who's going to go in, in uh, May. That's his major message is, yep. just, is that, that of love. And we go back to that frequency about, um, you know, building that frequency within them. And when you can build on the love frequency, it's the whole thing. Okay. Because the love frequency has a way to um, work within a system, work within the heart, work within the head, work within the whole body and the whole cellular body on how they can be um, handle all the things that are coming to them. And let's, it, let's talk about the punish one because I, I know that, that, you know, certainly we, we all have to set our guidelines with our kids. And, and what are, what are your um, what are your recommendations when it comes to uh, t to that part of it? Well, yeah, that word struck me too when he, you know he said that. But I think he's talking about discipline versus punishment. You know, kids need consequences. You know, these kids are, these kids are coming in and they they need to know there's boundaries and they need to know that there's discipline and consequences to their behavior and action. You know, regardless of what they're happening, what's happening with their character, if they don't have that consequence, and you know, that's the way I look at punishment is, you know, we're not here to 
punish, we're here to correct. And correct and building, building, um, uh, uh, teachable moments so they can find ways so they, they can have a consequence so they can develop some responsibility. Right. Oh, it's, and it's huge, and, and, and boundaries are so, so important. And, and it's funny because my big piece with that is even with the food, and certainly I never want food to be punishment, <laughs> but it's, it's the, the boundaries is really you hit it with the key word. We, we have to be able to set our boundaries, and kids want those boundaries. And you said it uh, again when you're talking about communication, which I, I'm sorry if I'm jumping around here, mm-hmm. but it, it's that intention. Kids know through your voice, your eyes, your, your, the way you're moving your hands, everything by your, the seriousness and your intention when you say whatever words you say. You know, you could, you could, when I know that, for example, my children, they really know when I say to do something versus I'm w- being wimpy and I'm saying to do something. You know, so, mm-hmm. and they'll act on that. So, uh, that, that is really a big piece of it. So. Yeah, and I think that's where he used the word punishment, is, is, a, is a sense of discipline, so it's a learning opportunity to them to have those healthy boundaries. And, you know, um, there's a difference between mistakes and bad choices. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I tell kids you can choose the behaviors but not the consequences. So, you know, that it comes down to choice, and, you know, we're going to get into that, and that, okay. that's an empowering, empower, empowering t- tool, too, that you can really use with kids and people all in general. Okay. But let's go back to, you know, the show of creating awareness, you know, that act, creating awareness to what's happening with these kids and what's going on with our families. Um, you know, we, we are in a time right now that there is so much going on to, in terms of the brain development, in terms of research coming out with that, to what's happening in the medical field, in the educational field, in the political field. You know, there's no doubt about it there's a shift going on, and there's a shift of saying, um, you know, um, what do we need to do and how do we need to look at our children. Just because the kids are different doesn't mean that there is anything wrong with them. And, you know, that's that whole philosophy and that outlook of looking at them. Okay, these kids, there's something wrong with them, therefore, you know, they're different, there's some something wrong with them. I see, you know, kids that are frustrated being dragged into the doctors, psychiatrists, all right. kinds of all different uh different professionals and the parents are trying to understand what's going on yes. and they're frustrated too you guys you're frustrated out there because it's like what do i believe who do i trust where do i go where do i spend my time my money and you know um in that frustration comes the whole concept of wanting to fix them yes. wanting to fix and to change you know really you know what it what what's going on and it's in, with a good intent yeah. i believe sometimes I, I do believe. let's not knock ourselves yeah, even even medication choices, there's still good intent involved with them. We have to take a quick break, Rob. Um, when we get back, let's talk more about what we're speaking on and to uh, how to deal with those frustrations as parents. We'll be right back with Rob Oker. All right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. We had a wonderful experience in our trip to the Sensory Learning Institute and the main issue to sum everything up is that we went there with a child who was out of control and hyper who had severe sensory issues and autistic tendencies and we brought home a child who was vastly different 
we brought home a child who plays with me and talks to me and looks in my eyes and tells me he loves me. The goal and focus of the sensory learning program is to enable the central nervous system to better process sensory information by simultaneously stimulating visual, auditory, and vestibular systems with light, sound, and motion. By challenging these three sensory systems to work together and adapt to multi-sensory input, this intervention often improves speech, perception, understanding, social interaction, coordinated movement, and the ability to learn. We invite all parents interested in sensory learning program for a child to complete the confidential assessment on our website at www.sensorylearning.com. Omega Institute is the country's leading center for holistic studies. Now you can experience selected workshops from Omega in the comfort of your own home. Join us for a live web broadcast with John Friend, the founder of Anasara Yoga. In this dynamic workshop, we learn a Hatha Yoga system that is a celebration of the heart and looks for the good in all people and all things. To find out more about our live web broadcast, log on to our website, www.eomega.org. That's www.eomega.org. Or call us at 800-944-1001. That's 800-944-1001. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. So glad to be back from break because I want to hear what Rob Oker has to say about these frustrations that we all have as parents. We're talking with Rob Oker, guidance counselor, and talking about these the fact that our children are not broke and we um, we need to empower them rather than think about fixing them. And please make sure you stay tuned for the rest of the show because at the very end, Rob's going to talk about five tips that we can do as parents. So, Rob, talking about that frustration, I know that frustration. I know that feeling that I'll do whatever the doctor tells me to do because I am so frustrated and I need to listen to somebody. Yeah, it's, you know, I... I you have to give a lot of credit to the parents dealing with those issues because it's a stressor that puts on the family. It's a stressor that puts on relationships. It's a stressor that puts on in the whole family dynamic. And, you know, that frustration is there. And in a way, it's, you know, it's almost like a loss. You know, dealing in the counseling field, you're dealing with these families that um, sometimes things aren't working, so they feel a loss. They they feel that pain. And so that frustration just builds and, and persists. But then you so easy for us sometimes when we get frustrated to focus on what's not working and then just to shift the shift the paradigm and to focus on what's working and what's right with these kids sometimes can be a, a huge shift of perspective that changes the things and just the thought alone and I'll, I'll come back to the thought alone of saying okay let me look at my child and their brilliance because I want to see really what's working on with the kids and what's happening with their life and what's happening and the good things can really get you out of that 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 frequency that's going to pull you down, destroy, and that fear fre- fear frequency. Right. So, 
perhaps let's look at the whole idea that there's nothing wrong with our kids. Perhaps let's look at, you know, saying every child that comes into our life, there there is a brilliance. There there is there is something there that they are going to be here on the planet to do and to be and to really search for who they are. Um, most of them know and more and remember more. You know, these kids are bright. They, you know, it's amazing that you know, the kids are kids say I'm bored in school. And why do you say they're bored? And boring is usually when a child says that to me as saying, are they being stimulated? Are they being being educated? Are they fascinated? Are they really being, you know, um, using their brain to its fullest potential in their multi-dimensional type of learning? Rob, I just I got to tell you, I just had this conversation with Barbara Doyle today because we were just talking about this. How Joey went to Disney and was a totally different child. He was so stimulated. He was so in. In, encouraged to be uh, expressive and you know what Barb was saying to me now wouldn't it be great if you could bring Disney to his everyday mm-hmm. life to mm-hmm. encourage and stimulate this right and that's through the power of play that's through the power of the using the right brain and these kids are right brain learners a lot of these kids are coming in and if we can take that energy and that frequency and build it in our families and our schools you know we can really connect and get to those kids and, you know, maybe that's what they're saying. Maybe that's where we need to listen to them. But, you know, that's the point I want to say. Are we really listening to them or are we trying to use our parenting techniques that we thought or our um, our approaches that we thought were working for us and now it's going to work for them or that we thought maybe might have helped, you know, helped um, someone else in the past but now it's not really working for them. You were talking about a multidimensional child, and whether we're looking at the whole child, the whole child's looking back to us, like you, like Joey was saying at Disney. This is what's working for me. This is where I'm in my bliss, where I'm in my flow. This is where I'm. But how can we take that multidimensional <clears throat> aware child who thinks compartmentally and holographically, and put that into a learning, um, coherent, constructive environment? So that's kind of, you know, that's what you're showing itself. But, you know, I want to get that out there because these kids are, when they say they're bored, in some cases it's really saying, are we really looking at the whole child and finding ways to help them? So let's talk about that uh, awareness, communication, and truth, ACT. I didn't get to the T part of it. We talked about the communication. We talked about, uh, about the awareness. But let's talk about the T, the truth. You know, what's going on here, Betsy? You know, we talk a lot about what's the truth. Well, I think what's really going on is we're witnessing an evolution in the human species. We mentioned it earlier about the body, the brain, the heart, and the children are bringing this to our attention. They're bringing it through the schools. They're bringing it through our medical systems. They're bringing it through, you know, um, just the way that they are in our families. And the planet is changing. The brain is changing. Our parenting is changing. Our skills changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, you keep going because I, I, have, I have so much to say on this topic, but I don't want to interrupt your your piece on this because this, this truth is something that it it hurts me, and um, especially as I see, I go to these schools and I see the um, these children just crying out for so many different. 
for for better diet, for a better educational system, for better um, systems, and we're just not listening to to them. And they're just and so Rob, something that you always say to me is, you know, they'll say, well, they're failing the school system, and what Rob, you always say is, no, the school system's failing them. Yeah, and that's hard for me to say because I work in a school system every day, and sometimes I feel like it's a you know it's a swim upstream for me. But I do say that there are school systems and there are um, educational systems that are working and that are doing some fabulous things. There are school systems and and teachers that are great teachers that are doing things to really reach these kids. And, and it's tough for a teacher. It's very hard to be an educator yeah. now. It's one of the greatest professions in the world because we're going through the greatest change and through our crisis. So I honor and salute every educator that's out there because it is challenging. They're all as frustrated as anybody else, but the whole change that we're seeing in with our consciousness, the shift that we're seeing on our planet right now is coming from the kids, so we have to look at ways... <clears throat> excuse me, to really ally and to get together with like-minded people, like-minded educators and parents that are going to listen to the kids and bring about an empowering change. Right. Exactly right. Okay. Are we going to get back to communication at one point? Because I, I want to make sure we hit that again. Right. Let's go back to the communication part of it. I said before that the kids read your intention more than they read your words. Yes. And I see that in all of my, <clears throat> lots of my dealings with people. It's attitude and approach. How you approach a kid and how you approach a person is based on how is your attitude and where you're at. And, you know, and, and i got to say, last week on the show, um, John, Dr. John Hicks, my husband and friend of Rob's also, had said, was quoting um, Tiller, who had done, it's at University of Stanford, or California at Stanford and um, was talking about his study that shows that thought that thoughts have energy. So when we think something, so we don't even have to verbalize it. If we think it, we're still sending out that energy to our children. Exactly, and um, there's there's so much um, coming out with this in terms of heart intelligences and what's happening with the power of the uh, power of thought. You know, the secret is just sweeping the the planet right now. And it goes with the same premise here, you know, the law of attraction and your thoughts attract what you want. But more more going on that with a children's sense. The children have this way to get into your heart space and read that heart space regardless of your title, regardless of who you are, regardless of what clothes you wear or what you drive. They're reading your integrity. They're reading your heart space. And they want to communicate to that heart space. And when they communicate, they know right away how they can communicate, what they communicate, and there is no there is no disassociation there. They'll tell you right out or they won't tell you right out how they do that. And that communication part is huge. So when I try to get into um, and communicate with a child, I really try to get in to see their perspective, but get into that heart space and rely on that heart intelligence. And we're going to talk about that a little later, about using heart tools and building heart intelligences. And there's research coming out on this that we've known for, you know, hundreds and thousands of years that is actually coming to fruition right now about how we can help kids and how we can help people deal with that stress and become more empowered. Right. Did you want to add anything with the communication on what you see with your kids well, and what you I, see I, in I your practice? I think that the only argument that I hear frequently when I talk once again about the fact that our children are not broken is that somebody one time said to me, but if my son cannot communicate, then he is not safe, and therefore he's broken because he's not he can't take care of himself if he cannot communicate. How vital do you feel communication is 
to a child's integrity and to their future? Where, what, what, yeah. You know, I, I think it's huge, but you know, um, about seventy to eighty percent of our communication is nonverbal. I mean, you That's know, a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> you look at the studies yeah. and the research on how people communicate. We're looking at most of our communication is nonverbal. So one way or another, your child is trying to tell you something, whether whether is what they're dressing, what they're eating, what they're right. wearing, right. whether how they're breathing, whether you know what space they're in, where right. you know. What they're doing, and it's and I use a lot of play therapy, and I use a lot of the power of play to really communicate these ideas. Because when we mentioned play before, and the whole Disneyland concept, but the power of play has a great way to communicate those things. We can get into this a lot later, but I would what I would say if there are people, if you're really wanting and you're frustrated, use look into the power of play and look into the play therapy and the ways kids can communicate through that because they are trying to tell us something. Very important, and and the whole part of um, our children's future being not safe, they're not verbal. Let me tell you, with the, the way that the world is right now, um, I, I I mean, there's no guarantee for your child, no matter no matter what. I mean, no matter whether they're verbal, whether in a wheelchair, whether they're running perfectly around, they're they're. To, to say that they're doomed or they're destined for uh, you know for nothingness is is like saying that about any child. Any child has purpose, or every child has purpose, and any child has abilities to be able to flourish on. And we can't give up on our kids, no matter where they are they are at at any given time. Right, and we talked about preparing those ch- child for real world experiences, and I think providing a safe place is empowering them and telling them that we're giving them a real world experience and that is going to that they can take into the future perfect we'll be right back with Rob don't go away opinions options answers voice America health and wellness We had a wonderful experience in our trip to the Sensory Learning Institute, and the main issue to sum everything up is that we went there with a child who was out of control and hyper, who had severe sensory issues and autistic tendencies, and we brought home a child who was vastly different. We brought home a child who plays with me and talks to me and looks in my eyes and tells me he loves me. The goal and focus of the Sensory Learning Program is to enable the central nervous system to better process sensory information by simultaneously stimulating visual, auditory, and vestibular systems with light, sound, and motion. By challenging these three sensory systems to work together and adapt to multi-sensory input, this intervention often improves speech, perception, understanding, social interaction, coordinated movement, and the ability to learn. We invite all parents interested in sensory learning program for a child to complete the confidential assessment on our website at www.sensorylearning.com. The true meaning of your dreams doesn't have to be a mystery. Join host Bob Haas, author and pioneer in dream science, to understand what your dreams mean and how they impact your daily life. Bob and his panel of experts from the International Association for the Study of Dreams will provide facts about dreams and discuss techniques of translating your own dreams and how you can use them for your mental and physical well-being. Dreamtime will further explore the research and science of dreaming and deliver a powerful comprehension of the function of dreaming. Listen live to Dreamtime with Bob Haas every Wednesday at 
9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network and discover the science behind your dreams. Again, that's every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Good health is more than good medicine. Good health starts with good nutrition. On Designer Health with certified nutritionist, author, and host, Carol Simontachi, get back on the health track. Carol provides expert advice as your mom, your nutritionist, and your health coach. From eating your vegetables, the hows and whys of good food and meal preparation, to insight into nutritional supplements and tips to progress on the road to wellness. Designer Health with Carol Simontachi, broadcast each Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Designer Health, achieve your personal health goals one step at a time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. Welcome back. We are here with Rob Oker talking about so many wonderful ways of which our children teach us and how we can empower them. And make sure you stay for the end to hear some of Rob's great five parenting tips that will help us um, kind of sum up what he's talking about today. Okay, Rob, where are we going next? I want to talk about, um, you know, these children and the message that they're bringing to us and how it's going to help them to listen to them and to empower them, you know, and this is kind of where I am at every day, the nuts and the bolts, in with the kids, talking, hearing their stories, sharing their stories, helping them get through some of this, and, you know, you know, in you know, in, ni- in 1999, I wrote some um, articles about about this in the Indigo Children book by Lee Carroll, Carroll and Jen Tubler, and and you know, back then, you know, this has become a phenomenon in terms of what's happening to our kids. And a lot of people ask me, you know, um, well, well, what's the message here that the kids are bringing? Well, I I, I think the children are bringing a sacred message. Where we talked about this evolution going on, there's no denying that we're seeing different a different child, a different way, a different how to help them. I mean, this show is all based on finding finding healthy ways to build their frequency and to help them do that. But their message that they're bringing is, you know, um, that we're here and we, and we really want the world to be a better place and we really want to make changes in the world. And, you know, there are different groups of kids coming in to tell us that one way, whether it's be whether it's what they're saying, whether it's what they're doing, whether it's how they're behaving. But I think as adults and parents and educators, we must honor our children and see that sacred message that, you know, these are evolved human beings with a, with that message to remind us of who we are and where we're going on this planet in this journey. It's you an know, exciting time if you think of it like it, that. It is a very exciting time. But, you know, some people may argue the fact that the indigo children kind of gives an excuses for a generation of kind of bratty kids. That's that's what I, what I hear frequently. It's like it's saying you know, these kids, what they really need is some discipline and, and behavior issues, and the indigo children is just saying, oh, let them be free. So what's your response to that? You know, I I, I, I don't agree. That. We talked earlier about discipline, and I, and I think kids need consequence and boundaries, regardless of whether they, you know, are called indigo, whether, regardless of whether they're, they're, they're called just a human being or a child, is that all kids require boundaries and guidance. And these children, um, 
maybe all-knowing and gifted or re, or looked at a different way, but they do require boundaries and guidance. And that's for, and, the, and you know, I, I work a lot with that. My two-year-old daughter, wow, whew, you know, she she's really, really getting me to really see that even at two years old that the boundaries and guidance are there. Her brilliance and the things that she says and does are amazing, but at the same time there there is some love and logic going on with that child. There is some boundaries and guidance, and I think that can't be over overlooked because kids still have feelings and emotions and have to go through developmental stages they may be going through them totally different than what we've seen in the past but we still have to find a way to help them and guide them through these stages of their life right right great okay you know, the, uh, let's talk about the people in their life. They're, they're going to require parents, teachers, family members to deeply listen and help them, give them that guidance and the boundaries in that system. And, you know, that's what the show to me offers is it to get people out there to say yes, like-minded people to say how can we do this and what ways can we work collaboratively together to make this happen. Um, you know, the children are reaching out and saying, saying help me, help me, listen to me, you know, believe in me. And uh, now we have to find find how to do that. And sometimes it's really simple simple as just kind of being there and listening to them, and shifting shifting our view and trying to really change and fix everything about them, but um, honoring them for who they are and for the message that they're bringing to our world. Okay, good. I like that. All right, let's get in some tools. Let's get in some really nuts and bolts of how can we help these kids and how can we help families to build their frequency so they can have the school skills and tools to en- enhance that state of who they are so they can handle stressors, they can handle things that are coming in their way, outside forces that that um, they, that are really challenging. Good. Um, I want to talk about heart tools. You know, I'm in, trained by Heart Math Institute on dealing with the heart intelligence. And if you haven't really looked into this, um, I highly suggest looking in heart math. H-E-A-R-T-M-A-T-H, heartmath.com. It's an institution that has done a a lot of research um, in the past years looking at the intelligence of the heart and and getting tools there to focus and get in a state of coherence and using that heart intelligence actually to um, make some changes and and make some different um, choices in your life. And I've been working with these heart tools lately with kids, and I find that it, they, they like them because it gives them, here's an example. A kid the other day was um, just all anxiety, all worked up, <laughs> breathing really heavy, almost trying to cry. You know, you got a 12-year-old boy just overstimulated for everything, okay? okay. And, I took, and I, t- I took the child and I looked at him and I said, okay, I want, I want to teach you something that I've learned about a way to use your heart intelligences. Do you know that your, your body has three intelligent systems in it? He looked at me like, no, I just have my brain. And I go, no, your heart has a brain. Did you know that? He goes, well, I always felt it, but, um, you know, that's not what I learned. And I go, well, I want to teach you about your heart brain. And he says, well, what do you mean? And so I go, well, I'm going to teach you some heart tools where you can get into your heart intelligences. Your brain has an intelligent system, an osculator, to say, okay, what's, what do I feel here? What's going on? And do you know that it actually sends more signals, your heart brain to your head brain, than your head brain to your heart does? Yeah, that's whoa, because if, if kids and people knew that, wouldn't they want to use that intelligence a lot more to make better choices Definitely. and have better clarity and be more coherent? I'd say, yeah, that's huge. You know, I want to be as intelligent as I can. 
So how do you get into that heart area to use that heart intelligence? So here, 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 here's some three simple steps to do that. We can do a whole show on this, and I do a whole training in this, and the HeartMath Institute has actually really kind of um, packed this up in a really great way. Is Number one is you need heart focus. If this, if this is one of our strongest intelligences, and by the way, it's in the shape of a torus. If you look at the electromagnetic energy of our heart and they're able to register this, it is the shape of a donut or a torus, and it goes out and, and around, and it circles around. And what's fascinating about that research is they were able to see the um, frequency of the planet Earth and what type of shape that it is it, it has. And guess what shape it is similar to? Same. It's the same as the human heart. So when you say, well, wow. I feel it's a connected earth, yes, there's the research saying, yes, we are connected. That, you know, our heart, and, and regardless of your color, race, religion, as a human being and the planet earth, we're all connected. And to me, that's like, wow, like you sure. said, Betsy. We be, are. Be, it's all be, energy. Because it's all, yeah, it's focused on energy. So let's go on to the tools. Number one, heart focus. Let's focus on your heart. I want you to just actually tap on your heart and put your attention to your heart. Where your attention goes, your focus goes. Okay. And when focus on your heart intelligence and the feeling that you have on your heart, and a lot of kids will hire to do this. So I said, well, just tap on your heart. And when you just tap on your heart space, you're putting your energy there and you're putting your attention there. Now your focus is on your heart space. Okay. Yeah. Number two, heart breathing. Breathing is so huge for the body, and it's so huge for the brain, and it's so huge for any type of state in order to um, get into making better choices and clearer, coherent thoughts and relieving stress. So heart breathing is is really important. When I call it heart breathing, because they want you to they want you to breathe through your heart. Take some breaths through your heart, and now imagine this. You have to visualize your heart breathing. A lot of people say, well, what do I do? Well, some kids said to me, Mr. Oker, I see like a wave of light coming in and out through my heart. Wow. Breathing in, breathing out. Another kid said to me, hey, Mr. Oker, I see a little guy in my, you know, there's a little girl on my chest, and he has a little mouth, and we're breathing in through the heart and out through the heart. Cool. And you need to breathe into the heart and out through the tar heart five times. Breathe in for the count of five, and breathe out through the heart, the count of five. And when you do that five times, you're going to get into a state of coherence. state of coherence is deeper than relaxation. A state of coherence allows you to have greater choice and allows you to have, handle any outside stimuli. When you're in that coherent state, that's the flow. That's what athletes like to call the bliss. You know, I'm in the zone. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of ways to getting in that state. But when you're in that state, I put myself in a state before this radio show because I knew I needed to be in my zone because this is what I love to do and how I do it. And so I worked on heart focus and heart breathing. And once I got to that zone, then in that coherent state, then I locked it in with a heart feeling. So, a lot so even if your child is not verbalizing this, could you just put their hand over mm -hmm. their, your heart, you're, you're, their you're, heart? You're to so, yes, and you could teach them this. You could model it and demonstrate it. You could say, put your hand on your heart. Let's focus on your heart. I'll use Joey, for example. Joey, I want you to focus on your heart, okay? Put your hand there. Tap it. This is an intelligence. This is a smart brain right here that is going to help you handle all kinds of situations. Let's focus on it and then teach them how to focus on it. Secondly, then teach them how to breathe. Joey's breathing. He's alive. <laughs> right. Okay? Teach them. I want you to visualize and imagine you breathing through your heart. Five in. Five 
five out. And then have that visual picture go through their head. The kids see in pictures the right brain activity again. That is huge, but it's connecting the brain and the heart intelligence. And then after the five heart breathing, heart feeling, have them lock into a feeling of, of a really strong feeling. And the four most intense positive frequency feelings are gratitude, love, appreciation, and care. I'll say that again. Lock into a heart feeling of gratitude, love, appreciation, or care. Those are strong feelings. And when you lock in this feeling, when you lock in this feeling, and you really have to feel it through your heart space, this feeling of, oh, my daughter Ava and I are together and we're playing and we're just have, giggling and we're having a great time and I am so grateful that I have her in my life because she is a gift and she brings so, jo- so much joy. And I'm just right now locking in that feeling and feeling that feeling. When you do that, then you lock in this this state. You lock in this tool, this heart tool that helps you build the sacred space of the heart. Beautiful. I love it. i got to say real quickly, my son, last time uh, Ava was here with her dad, Rob Oker, and, and his wife, Denise, uh, Joey brought uh, Ava a CD of his, and Ava calls it Heart Songs. They had their own communication right there. We will be right back with Rob Oker. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. We had a wonderful experience in our trip to the Sensory Learning Institute, and the main issue to sum everything up is that we went there with a child who was out of control and hyper, who had severe sensory issues and autistic tendencies, and we brought home a child who was vastly different. We brought home a child who plays with me and talks to me and looks in my eyes and tells me he loves me. The goal and focus of the sensory learning program is to enable the central nervous system to better process sensory information by simultaneously stimulating visual, auditory, and vestibular systems with light, sound, and motion. By challenging these three sensory systems to work together and adapt to multi-sensory input, this intervention often improves speech, perception, understanding, social interaction, coordinated movement, and the ability to learn. We invite all parents interested in sensory learning program for a child to complete the confidential assessment on our website at www.sensorylearning.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. Welcome back. We are here with Rob Oker and we're going to sum up and talk a little bit more about, um, well, Rob's going to talk about his five tips for parenting, but we were, when we last left, we were talking about how Ava, um, his daughter, was over at my house and my son who um, just very, it was unexpected, just went into his room and picked up a CD and, and brought it to Ava. We made a cop, well, we, we tried, 
I guess that was an illegal thing to do. We well, made a copy. Joey's <laughs> it was Joey's song. So we made a copy of it and gave it to Rob. And Ava and and Ava said, "Mom, what did what did she say that these were?" Well, it's it's interesting. Here's a two year old, you know, right. and she's so verbal, which is which is so exciting. But she says she goes, she goes, mommy and daddy, no, I don't want that music. I want Joey's heart songs. Right. And we look. I, I go heart songs. How do you know heart songs? Is Joe, you know, Joey, Joey got those from his heart, and you know, here she picked up on that, oh, and so cool. and every night now it's a ritual that you know she puts in her CD and plays Joey's heart songs, and we have to go to bed listening to Joey's heart songs and selected of the songs that really Joey listened to that really fill his heart space and his, you know, his heart intelligence. So neat, so neat. And so I want to go into that and just kind of let's let's review. We talked about you know, tools to empower and tools to help. We talked about building that frequency where it's a positive frequency based on the frequency of love to get into that heart intelligence to build that frequency so we can handle outside forces or handle things that are coming our way with these kids. And you can do this as a child. You can do this as an adult. But the Heart Math Institute has come up with a concept and research information that is simple enough that we all can use and we call it the heart tools, heart focus, heart breathing, and heart feeling. And really, if you're interested in that, you know, we can talk more about this, Betsy, on the show, but also... Yeah, we'll you, do a whole show on that. You know, we can really get in using the intelligence of the heart. I think that gives people a way to have a personal stress reliever, a way to have um, to relax and make positive choices in their life. And um, you can use it in a lot, lot of different modes. And then we talked about empowered choices um, uh, and, and earlier. And I want to talk about this because choices are huge for these kids because choices build empowerment. Building positive relationships, using enforceable statements that empower positive choices and decision-making in their life gives them some abilities and skills to say, I can make positive choices in my life. I can handle situations. I can decide and make decisions in my life because that's what I need to do to be successful in, on this planet. So to do that, empowering positive choices and using enforceable statements would be an example like this. You know, as soon as your, as soon as your room is finished, you know, you, you know, you can come, you, you can come down and uh, join us for breakfast. Okay. You know, so they have to think about it. Do you want to clean your room now or do you, or, or do you, or, or do you want to clean your room before your movie? <laughs> before you go to bed at night. Right. So offer a lot of choices instead of just demanding them, telling them what to do, and it really gives them the opportunity to feel like they can um, have some say into being empowered. And then I want to talk about um, another skill that is goes beyond in a more spiritual aspect, but it is, it, it's working, and I use it a lot with the kids. And I heard about it from Doreen Virtue, where she talks about um, working with the archangels. And she talks about working a lot with the indigo kids, the crystal kid, and the rainbow children, about working and helping the heal with the kids using archangels. And the the archangels that she works with, and I work with Metatron a lot. Archangels Metatron, Archangels Michael, and and Mother Mary, helping us heal and work with these children. And call upon these angels when you need help. Every night, Ava, I, and my wife Denise, we sit down and we do the angel prayer, and we call in these angels to protect and help. Sometimes things are way beyond what we may understand at that time, but you know. I believe that there are angels, and I believe that there's some comfort knowing that my child has that comfort too. So we do the angel prayer, and this is the angel prayer that a friend Ray shared with me um, that I use every night. And I put my hand on Ava's heart, and I, this is our little little um, saying we do every night. Hand to heart, hand to heart, Daddy, 
Our love will never part. Our love will never part. And then she says, angel prayer, angel prayer. So I bring in Archangel Metatron, Michael, Mother Mary, and I say, and, um, and, and uh, her guardian angel, and I say, there are four angels around my bed. Mm-hmm. One to watch, two to pray, and one to chase bad things away. And she goes, oh, that's nice, Daddy. So she repeats that, and every night she goes to bed knowing that she's protected and that she has that, that comfort and that security. That's excellent, Rob. That's a great, great prayer to remember. Very good. All right, we've got to get to our five tips before we run out of time. Okay, and leave you with five powerful parenting tips when communicating with I children. I need them. I'm going to type them up <laughs> while you're talking to me because I'm not going to miss one. You go right ahead. Okay, a lot of this is common sense and a lot of what we talk about, but it's just validating and it's using it, and I think we need to do that. And when you go with five tips, it's something that you can really remember and use right away. We talked a lot about the show. Number one, deeply listen to what kids have to say. Not just listen to them, deeply listen to them from a heart space. They're telling us something all the time. I talked about what they wear, what they listen to, what they read. You know, regardless if they're saying it or not, we have to communicate and deeply listen to what they have to say from their heart space to your heart space. How do you do this effectively if, if the child, like you said, not, not verbal? Do you just, you just have to feel it? You feel it, you get into that heart space, but also to deeply listen, I would have them, you know, create something and use play therapy, you know, get out a stuffed animal and saying, I'm wondering what's, um, you know, what Teddy is going on, going on inside right now. Can you show me? Or can you, can you draw a picture? Or can you do something? It's a frustrating thing. I, I can't get that with Joey. I have a very, very difficult time getting him in any way, shape, or form because he doesn't play. So it's very right. difficult for me to get him to do his emotions. But when you are in his Heart space, and when you're with him, you are you are listening to him. I, I don't. I feel I get more into Joey when he says nothing, when he does nothing, when right. he's just laying there and looking in my eyes. Right. I can feel so much. Oh wow! You're li- you know that that's key right there. You're looking into the gateway of the soul. And you know, going even to our other children and listening to what they have to say. Please stop completely what you're doing. Get rid of thoughts of other, anything other than your child right. at the time, because so many people say, "Yeah, I listen to my child," but you're doing two or three other things at the same time. Well, deeply listening is being there, being with the child, being present, being in the now. You know, individual time. So if mm-hmm. you have a bunch of children. Make sure you take that time individually. Okay. All right. Number two, shift your perspective from the broken to healing and empowered. We talked a lot about shifting perspective and attitude and approach on this whole broken concept. Start by retraining and amplifying your child's gifts. Your child has lots of gifts out there. Let's amplify those gifts. Let's find a way to shift the focus from disability to different ability. That shift of perspective, Bessie, changes everything. Yeah, that's sure. Number three, believe on what the child is saying and don't discount it. So many times kids have so many profound things to say and we look at it like, oh, that sounds weird or that's different or that's kind of strange. Woo-hoo. So we don't discount it. We don't validate it and we don't believe it. Oh, I can't tell you how many patients, the parents will say to us, and the child says they talk to angels. What's right. wrong with them? Right. Yeah, and, you know, even if we don't understand it at the moment, in our, in our perspective, in our frame of mind, if we don't discount it, because there may be some profound wisdom waiting for us to understand at a later time, and that's that sacred message that I talked about the kids bringing into. And just really, really believe it and don't discount it and find and honor that wisdom and help it grow. Okay. Number four, we need to explore what, what they say 
with them. A lot of times they may say, you know, some profound or some things. Let's explore it with them. And with respect and integrity, these childs read us like a book and whether or not we have integrity and character and respect. Explore with them and find people who had these experiences. You know, this show offers that, that, you know, there are people that are listening and they realize that you're not alone in what's going on here with these frustrations. You're not alone in your feelings and thoughts. Explore what they have to say and find out other people you can explore it with. Okay. And number five, last but not least, is continue to talk about it. You know, this conversation that we've had here says offer hope for families that are stressed and confused. Keep a dialogue going, but keep a dialogue going with your kids, with your families, and talk about it. You know, it's so many times that we say, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about it, but are we really talking with our kids? Are we really talking with professionals? Are we really listening and having a dialogue and listening to shows like this that search out and find um, ways to help empower our kids? Right, we and need talking to... without judgment, too, is oh, a huge piece. Totally, you know. There's not really a right or wrong way. There's a merely another way, and we can't judge upon that. We just have to talk and keep that dialogue going because it gives us hope for our families. It gives us some positive, optimistic outlook to saying there may be all this stuff going on, but yet that dialogue is there where we can keep it healthy and talk about it. Rob, what if a child is really obsessed with something, has an OCD affliction to say, for example, the dinosaurs, and they just want to continually, continually talk about dinosaur? Do you, how does a parent redirect this? And, and I say that with, you have like 30 seconds to Right, no, you hear me with that. Me with that. <laughs> but let, let, let's use that as a segue to our next show. And, and, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna answer that question here within 30 seconds. You know, is find you got, you got that, a minute. Take the minute, okay. Find that passion of dinosaurs and incorporate that passion into what they do and how they do it in a teaching, learnable, realistic way. And if they have this passion that they're excited about, that may be a passion that you could find a way to open that communication, to find ways to communicate, we talked earlier, to deeply listen. And so I would use that passion in ways that there's boundaries to it, that this is the time for it, this is not the time for it, but then bring in that passion in a whole other area that you didn't think you would ever be able to connect with. So, so to, to work on the feelings, all of those things by by using what their passion is. Oh, totally. That makes a lot of sense. Totally, because you know right. it may be dinosaurs at this time, but it may change when they're thirteen. And you know, there's a passion. Anytime we feel good or we have a passion about something, there's something going in our systems, and that is working for me. I'm feeling good. I'm in my heart space. That is happening. I'm attracting it. I'm bringing that to my life. And if you're feeling good about it, keep feeling that way because it's going to bring good things to your life. Always wonderful advice. Thank you, Rob, for being on the show today. I look forward to having you back next month. And um, we wanted to make sure that you all are aware that the Autism One Conference is going to be Memorial Day weekend in Chicago at the O'Hare Weston. For information on that, go to autismone.org. Thank you so much. We'll be with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. The Sensory Learning Center would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Betsy or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.